0: Thank you for tuning in to the Gallant View Radio Network. We're excited to host best-selling author Simon Sinek, October 25th at our annual Vet Expo conference. Take a listen to Simon's recent podcast with Gallant Few's very own Zach Sabellos.
1: Some time ago, our office received an email from a former Marine named Zach Sabalos. The email made its way around the office. Um, folks were inspired. They cried when they read it. And eventually I got a copy of it and it did the same to me. I welled up as I read it. I called Zach to thank him for sending us a note of such remarkable vulnerability. And we got to talking and I was so inspired by him and his story and his journey that I asked him if I could meet him. Just by dumb luck, I found myself in Dallas, which is where Zach lives, and we sat down to talk. His story is so compelling. The reason to share stories like this is because when we hear people who sacrifice for others. When we hear stories of struggle and overcoming that struggle, it reminds us that we too can be better versions of ourselves and that true inspiration, true joy of life comes from doing things for others. Here's the conversation I had with Zach. It's such um, an honor to meet you, Zach. Um, well, I'm happy to be here. Can you tell me your story again? Tell me the story that you wrote to me in, in the email. In 2011, we deployed to uh, Sangin, Afghanistan.
0: Uh, Sangin nowadays has been, has been considered, you know, the Fallujah of Afghanistan. It was uh, the bloodiest warfare war or bloodiest battle, excuse me, since Fallujah. And so, at that time, um, we lost 17 Marines.
1: Out of uh, out of how many?
0: Uh, we lost 17 Marines out of a, a little under a thousand. We also had 191 severely wounded, and it was, you know, the wound, my guys with uh, wounds or anything from single gunshot wound to, uh, I believe, triple amputee. I was fortunate to uh, to come home, you know, you know, in the condition that I did. And uh, by the time there, with uh, the 17 Marines that we lost, uh, there's two individuals that were key to me. Um, one of them was my saw gunner, who's a squad automatic weapon, light machine gunner, basically. Um, and so he was hit by an IED. Uh, he became a triple amputee and passed away instantaneously. Um, the other Marine that really struck me was my um, my roommate. You know, just like in college, you have your roommate you do everything with each other, party together, hang out, study, whatever. At the time, I was like, okay, look, like, you know what? It didn't hit me yet. I don't know. It, it was so surreal, so just mind blowing. That my best friend and my roommate was gone. You know, we did everything together. When we we did our field days on Thursdays in the Marine Corps, he listened to the same music over and over and over, and it just drew me up a wall. I hated the music he listened to. He wasn't six he wasn't six three. He was six two and a half, the size twelve boot, and I knew everything about this. Green eyes. He was, you know, of Irish heritage. Everybody loved him. And so, um, June 12, twenty eleven, he was hit by a, a rocket in a, in a vehicle, and so when I got to him, he was um, already in his body bag. The helicopter came, landed. The uh, crew chief popped out, and he saluted. The way you're supposed to slide him in is the first two put him on top of the helicopter, and then move aside. The second two just slide up the person. I didn't do that. I just kind of slid, you know, did slow little motion, and the guys were like, "What are you doing? That's not what we trained for." And I couldn't let go of his his boot. You know, it was size 12 boot, so you could definitely see it in the back. And then, um, the crew chief, he was just like. You gotta let go. You gotta let go. We gotta go. You gotta let go. And I'm thinking, like, is this guy talking, you know, emotionally? Is he talking or physically? And I just looked at him and he just saw, you know, tears come down my face. And he put up his eye protection and he's like, I know. I know. And I just, I grabbed him by his body armor and I just was shaking. I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. And then, um, uh, and then, uh, so I just, all I could say was, you know, like make sure he gets home. To this day, I still had that, uh, that dream of that day. And then um, we finished the rest of the deployment. At that point, you know, ultimately we suffered, you know, 17 Marines passing away. And so I left the Marine Corps in 2012. Prior to leaving, um, stuff started happening to me mentally, uh, emotionally, I didn't know how to, what it was, I didn't know how to deal with it. And so um, ultimately, you know, I tried suicide four times. So the first time um, it, I had a bad dream and it was the first time I had that dream, the very first time and it was too real. I panicked, I was balling my head off and put my helmet on and I just went on my motorcycle. And so I tried running my, my motorcycle into, you know, a truck several times and for whatever reason, that truck would always, it didn't know it was there and just would change the lane as soon as I hit it. I was going well over 160 miles an hour.
1: So just so I'm clear, you're driving 160 miles an hour. Your plan is to ram your motorcycle into the back of a truck. And just as it's about to happen, the truck changes lanes. Exactly,
0: yeah, it was on the California on the five. Yeah, and I was miserable and I was getting so upset because this guy was not allowing me to be at peace in a sense. And so a little while later, same dreams, same nightmares, Um, panicked. And then I got my motorcycle and I tried ramming it into one of those cement pillars that holds up bridges. I hit a bump, hit a curb or something. My rear tire hit a patch of dirt or gravel and it slid and it just, my bike pushed me off and pushed me into the dirt. And I was just like, and I stopped and I was just like, what's the deal? You know, I was like, I'm trying to do this. What's the deal? You know, what's going on? My third attempt was, um, going into oncoming traffic. And I did it, and I was going. They're probably going about 45, 50 or so. I was going, I was going about 60 or so. I just remember cars just like honking and going around me, honking and going around me, and I was weaving my motorcycle. And uh, yeah, and it, I was beat. I was just like, what's going on? I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it, and I couldn't do it. And like it, it wasn't me. It was something else, some other force, something, whatever. So, I didn't know what to do. Um, My last time was uh, jumping off a bridge um, in California. I'd rather not talk about that experience. Um, But yeah, and so tried four times. I didn't know what was going on. Having those dreams about what happens in Afghanistan, those nightmares and stuff, and it was just so intense. And I didn't realize at the time. I didn't realize that, hey, you're gonna be, you know, what happened here, you know you watch a you know, person blow up, you know, you're not gonna think about it right now, but you know, in a year later from now, you're gonna remember this in your dreams. Never thought that would, that would happen to me. And so um, for a couple of years, about two and a half years, I really suffered. Um, I just blocked everybody off. Um, there was times it would come in waves, and when it would come in waves, it would last you know, sometimes a few days or it lasts almost a couple of months. I'd be depressed, I wouldn't care. Like whatever. I wouldn't shave, I'd stop eating. I would just I'm I'm done. And the biggest thing was like, you know, I'd felt very undeserving. Like, you know, well, why should I get this when my buddy didn't get to come home? Everything that I did related to my time in Afghanistan. I was diagnosed at that point with post-traumatic stress, and that's when the VA's like, here's the paperwork. This is what it is it's going on. This, these doctors have approved that you know you have post-traumatic stress. And that was a culture shock thing to me. It was like I can't have it. I can't have it. I deployed it only one time. And I was like, there's other guys deployed six, seven times or more,
1: and those are the guys that so should So it wasn't it. so much embarrassment, but feeling of undeserving right. to have that diagnosis. Exactly. Yeah. And,
0: you know, at a, at a one-time deployment, the biggest thing is, especially for Marine, was it felt weak. And to be diagnosed with that, it was a sign of weakness. It was like, you're weak. These other guys are strong, but you're weak. You're singled out. You're by yourself. You're weak. And I was like, I can't have that. I can't be, I can't, you know, come off as weak. I don't want to do that. And then the VA says, yeah, you do have post-traumatic stress. And then I was like, I'm weak, you know, that's it, I'm weak. I'm just everything negative that's possible. That's me. You know, I'm a loser. I'm weak. I don't deserve the title of a Marine Corps or Marine. I don't deserve to have served with the Marines I served with. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be alive because not only did 17 of my brothers not come home, but two of my more closest brothers not come home. And so it really affected me. and so that was, I believe, October, 2014. Um, another thing that happened was I met uh, a very important person in my life now. Uh, he founded this organization, Gallant View. And I was at a slump and this is uh, right around Thanksgiving time. I met him and he took me out to dinner, him and his wife took me out to dinner. And I was like, I don't know anything about this guy. I was like, he just buy me a nice dinner. I was just like, okay, cool. And so the worst thing is I'm getting a free dinner out of this. And so um, but then he just sat there and listened. And then I just found myself for the first time in years, just like what we call in the Marine Corps data dump, you know, just tell him everything. He's just sitting down, just listening and eating. And I knew he was a veteran as well, but that's, about, that's all I really knew about him. And then he just sat there and listened. And then instantaneously, there was, you know, a bond that was forged there. You know, it took a little while to progress and become what it is today, but that was, you know, planting the seed. And so, You know, I signed up on the website and then he was kind of like, hey, you know, come rock climbing, come do this, come, you know, come hang out and let's, you know, do veteran things together. And I was like, all right, so I tried rock climbing. We went on a retreat in Colorado with Raider Project, sister organization of Gallant Few. And the guys that were kind of leading it and someone in charge of it were Marines. They weren't, you know, doctors, they weren't physicians, they weren't, you know, PAs or anything like that. They're just guys like me who've had, you know, a little bit more of extensive backgrounds. And I was thinking, oh, I was like, you know, this, this is awesome. And I was like, and the one thing that one of the guys says, you don't need to act tough. You are tough. You've proven yourself. And that's something I still take to heart to this day. Today. And so I realized, like, well, these guys are taking care of each other. You know, that brotherhood and that camaraderie is still alive that I knew in the Marine Corps. And I was like, these guys, I don't, know, I don't know any of them, but yet they're looking out for me. And so I was ecstatic. And so I got back, and then I was like, I want to do something. I want to, I want to like. I want to do something with veterans, I mean, just do something a day of hanging out with veterans or something. Because I realized at that point, I was like, I need to get plugged into something that people are like me, You know, veterans are like me, either combat or non, whatever. I just want to, I want to be in that brotherhood again. And I realized at that point, this is what I need. And and so um, it went from a small idea of like getting veterans to get together to go, let's go to the gun range, just hang out and go to get some food. It went from that idea to, a full-blown pheasant hunt. It was more than uh, just a pheasant hunt. I was like, let's come here and let's learn about some you know, emotional, psychological healing. Because there's a lot of guys out there who didn't know anything about that. The day after we got back, one of the Marines texted me and he's like, he said, thanks for allowing me to come with you. It's was like, my girlfriend can really tell a difference in me. He's like, thank you, I needed that. And so when I got that, I was like, man, like, this is awesome. Like, you know, me doing this, you know, I possibly could saving, you know, a dad, a brother, you know, a sister, a mom, you know, a family, ultimately. And by me doing this, I could be helping reduce the veteran suicide rate. And I love it because, you know, I'm tired of losing my brothers and sisters. You know, these, thing, these people have done, you know, these astronomical, you know, feats in combat or in non-combat combat. And they're not recognized for it, which I can understand. But at the same time, I'm just thinking, there's no reason for you to be taking your own life. And and it hurts I me mean, the, the fact that, you know, they do this. You, you lost 17 guys in combat? Yes. How many guys have you lost post-combat? Since I've been out of the Marine Corps, from my actual unit, um, I've lost six Marines.
1: So you've lost six Marines from your unit in addition to the 17s, so six, six to suicide. Yes. I think a, a, a lot of people, um, also I don't, reali- don't realize that there's very few combat suicides, like very few uh, servicemen and servicewomen kill themselves in combat. Right. It's post-combat. Right. Um, it's when they've come home, and more often than not, it's very often when they've retired. When yep. they're out of the service, definitely. Um, the horror of war, um, the you've seen and, and been around horrible things, um, and yet um, there's a warmth that uh, combat vets have to being in combat. There's a there's a they almost miss it. They don't miss the hell, yeah. but they miss something. Can you talk about that? Do you have that?
0: Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, the,
1: and because you tell this in, this story of intensity that that set you on a path of destruction, and yet you have a warmth towards your time uh, downrange. Time, uh, t- can you talk about what that warmth is? What that what what you miss? It's knowing that
0: I love my guy to the left and right of me, or behind me, or in front of me, and I'm gonna do whatever I can, in my, in all of my being, to make sure he goes home to his family. Why? because he would do it for me, you know. My, my, my squad leader, my team leader, whatever, they would do it for me. They're gonna take care of me, so I'm gonna take care of them. A lot of veterans that I've talked to miss it because of the people they served with, because they understand what it is to not be related to somebody by blood, but to share blood with them, to spill their own blood, and
1: to realize that this is my brother, this is my sister. In the private sector, we work with colleagues and coworkers, and in the military, you have brothers and you have sisters. It's a very different feeling. <laughs> You know? Um, and there's an intensity of love that, uh, and support and trust and the willingness to serve, not God and country, but each other. Right. And the absolute confidence you have that someone is there to help keep you alive and take care of you also. Exactly. That when you retire, when you separate, you lose that. Mm-hmm. It's nobody wants to go back to the horrors of war, but you miss and love the camaraderie and the love uh, and the, and the, the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you talk a little bit about sort of how, is, is it that that sets you on the spiral that, you know, you feel alone? That I, I, feel, I feel
0: like the biggest thing is when you, you have a, your purpose in the Marine Corps. I don't care if you're an admin, if you're an officer, if you're a cook, if you're um, whatever, a grunt, special forces, you know, Marine kind of thing. I don't care what it is. You know your purpose. You wake up and you know your job. And then all of a sudden you get your discharge paperwork and the Marine Corps is by. You're on your own now the biggest thing that hits is the isolation factor. Once the isolation factor hits, things like I'm by myself. I don't have my squad leader to report to. I don't have my team leaders. I don't have my, my platoon commanders, my platoon sergeants. I don't have any of, the, any of these people. And so that's when you know a variety of negative things start happening. Well. You know, I'm having these dreams, and I can't talk to anybody about it, can't relate to anybody about it. My guys who I was with in Afghanistan or in Iraq or Syria now, you know, whoever I was with, they're deployed again. and I can't talk to any of them. And that's when, you know, the biggest thing from isolation factor, substance abuse comes in. You go through so much, so many experiences over there in just a short amount of time. You know, it is a fraction of your life that you are going to be deployed to the Middle East, in our case. We were there seven, seven and a half months in such a small time but yet our lives have changed dramatically and so intensely. And the fact is that in the military, you're there to take care of each other. You know, It's a team effort, team effort, team job. Tell me what Gallant Few does that, that replaces that feeling. So Gallant Few is great because it's a support network. It, is, it helps find you know, veterans in your local area that you can partner with. Because we've realized that the, one of the most significant things is isolation factor. When you're out of the military and you hit the isolation factor, you're like, I'm by myself, well, I'm gonna you know, self medicate. But we're like, hey, whoa, 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 before you do that, before you do it, before you do it, hold on, hold on, hold on, check this guy out. He did the same job you did about 20 years ago, but he's now a doctor in St. Louis, you know, right where you're at, why don't you link up with him? And then, you know, y'all can work a job out together and y'all can you know, work with each other and help each other out. That's how we overcome the isolation factor. That's how we defeat a veteran feeling
1: alone. And hopefully preventing other things from happening. Though you connect with your platoon through social media and through a chat group and technology, um, you already have the bond with them. They, they are your platoon, That's, they, they are your friends already. But, but what's so important is that your organization that, that you're part of, um, that Carl Munger started, Gallant Few, um, it's local. Mm-hmm. There's real human connections. It's not some email chat yeah. room thing. You know, it's not a Facebook group for veterans. It's human beings going rock climbing. It's human beings going hunting. It's human beings going out for dinner. It's human beings sitting down with each other. It's human beings talking and telling stories. It's crying. It's laughing. It's real and human. And, um, and again, the military is exaggerated in, in the sense of feelings, but I want everybody to understand the importance of the hard work it takes to be a part of a community yeah. and serve the community. So let me ask you a difficult question. Was it worth it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a painful question. It's a painful answer. But to know what I have now, it's, it's unfathomable to explain. It's, I, have, I have a family. I have my brothers. I have a purpose in life. And yes, I, we had to go through hell and back to get it. Some of us still struggle. But the fact is, just like how we took care, of it, took care of each other in Afghanistan, we're taking care of each other here. Hey, he's struggling, pick him up, let's go. You know, we're not leaving him behind. We're not gonna say, hey, good luck with your addiction. Nope, we're gonna all fly to him, talk to him. We're here for each other.